And welcome back to the Edge Radio broadcast on our newsmaker line. We have with us this evening, Alan. Alan, welcome back. Yes, it's a pleasure. Yeah. Well, it's been great talking with you because you've brought uh, so much information to the program in the first hour. Um, when you're talking about uh, the the when you said earlier in the first broadcast in the first hour, Hollywood uh, is that anything to do with the Bohemian Grove? Yeah, it's the same type of idea. Uh, a ho- the, even the word holly, the holly tree is the holy tree. That's that's where the word holly comes from. That's Middle Age English uh, for for holy. And so the, the the holly wood is also the wood used for the sacred staffs of the druids, for instance. And uh, I don't know if you saw the movie Eyes Wide Shut, where you see uh, the doctor going into that meeting where they're having their there's their ceremony with their robes on, and and uh, there's a man standing with the big long staff. Well, that staff would would be made of holly wood, the holy wood. So so that's how they kick off their meetings with the with the three bangs on the floor. It's the same with with the judges in all courts with their black robes on. Uh, that's the symbol of Saturn, and, and they hammer the the gavel on on the board three times to kick off. The meeting, that's the official Masonic meeting. That's the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When these groups, you mentioned also that uh, they they have sort of committees or whatnot. Are, are you are you suggesting that people get together and say, well, let's let's cause this war today? And they say, okay, and then they say, well, what's on your agenda? Well, I want to I want to put this in people's minds over here in in England. Is, is that the type of committee activity that goes on with this group? Yes, it is. It's so coordinated. It it's brought out worldwide into every country, and I noticed this growing up, uh, how a law when passed in Britain, you, you, you would think, that this, well, this is a national law or a local law, until you, you went across into Europe, and you'd find they're passing the same laws at the same time in every country, which meant there was a common uh, denominator here, a uh, control, uh, dishing out the same rules. And, of course, what I found up, and I knew growing up, they were uniting Europe. It has nothing to do just primarily with trade. They were standardizing the laws, the, the system, and ultimately the culture to be blended together with Europe. We can actually find the plan was first mentioned by Karl Marx in the 1840s in Das Kapital. He wrote about uh, the, the coming world order, which would comprise of three trading blocks, uh, a united Europe to lead it off, followed by a united Pacific Rim region, which would include Australia, and uh, and then a, a united Americas under a world super government. And these guys did not pretend to be prophets. They were all high-degree Masons, and, and uh, Marx lived and worked in London. He, he had the backing of the Rothschilds through the Bank of England and the blessings of the royalty. And uh, they, they talked openly about where they were going to, to bring the world. And what I found out through their books that they put out, it's not a conspiracy. They published their plans in the open. In fact, H.G. Wells, who worked for them and was a propagandist for them, um, actually wrote a book called The Open Conspiracy. And he said, he said everything that the public could find out if they want to concerning their future uh, we write about and publish for them if they care to read them. And that is true. It's an open conspiracy. So we're just living a script our whole lives. And if all the major events that happen uh, around us uh, are planned before we're even born. 
and they have a timetable uh, to, to fulfill these uh, plans. Is it is it a plan for individuals or is it a plan for countries? I mean, does it get down to the individual level? Absolutely. The, the, the world they're planning is to be the perfectly ordered society. And at first they came out, remember that they ran the eugenics programs of the 1920s and 30s, and it, it quietly went away because Hitler gave it a bad name. <laughs> and then they brought it back under uh, bio um, uh, boards now, we've got bioethicists to call them. It's still the eugenics program paid for in America by the Rothschilds, where they want to uh, create special types of humans for special purposes. In other words, purpose-made workers. Uh, and they believe they can do this genetically. They could breed you or grow you even, like Aldo Huxley's Brave New World, who was another propagandist for the high Freemasonic uh, order in England. Um, they could grow you for your task. And, uh, yes, oh, yeah, they, they wrote openly about this. Uh -huh. uh, let me ask you this, uh, uh, Alan. Uh, is, can you give an example of current knowledge that was once hidden? Um, well, e even all of this uh, was published, as I say, back especially in the 1920s and 30s, uh, right after World War II, Many of the organizations involved in the United States with the round tables, etc., which were part of the CFR, they published lots of books to do with this very agenda. They thought they could bring it in at the end of World War II because the people of the world were exhausted with war, but they started to get some resistance at some of their policies, and they, 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 they went back into the shadows and simply did it more covertly through the United Nations. Um, uh, as I say, they talked about the three coming world wars. Albert Pike, who was called the Pope of Freemasonry uh, for the Southern Jurisdiction in the U.S., uh, he wrote in his own book for their members, and you can find this book today called Morals and Dogma. He wrote in it uh, about the three coming world wars. And then he wrote to, to Lord Rothschild, and that letter was in the, the, the British Museum for over 50 years. Uh, he said three world wars. Um, two to unite Europe, and, and he said the Third World War to be fought in the Middle East, which would be Zion against Islam, and, uh, and that would bring their world government into play. So, so they wrote about it openly, what they planned to do, and they did it. And to show you an example of this, um, I have members' copies of the Royal Institute of International Affairs uh, meetings from the 1930s with the Council on Foreign Relations, that's just the American branch. And all the big players and your journalists in America are all members of it. And in the book 1937, uh, held in Australia that year, uh, it's written that uh, there will be a world war coming up with Germany. The Soviet Union must be saved at all costs. Um, it, would be, it, would be, it may be difficult to get the American uh, members into the war, uh, uh, but it would be very fortunate if Japan were to attack America and, and start this uh, to happen, to bring this on. That was 1937. And from then on, they talked about the world after the war and how socialized it would be because during 
wartime, the government was to build up all these different uh, bureaucracies that would take over farming and, and different things, which they, which they did. And from then on, they went into um, uh, the future up to the year 2000, 2005. They even had the immigration quotas from China to the west coast of Canada for 2001. And the reason for this was they said they would make China the, the sole manufacturer for the whole world. And remember, this was written in 1937. So we are living through a script. We're living through a script, yes? Well, hopefully hopefully we can change that script. I'd like to change that script, frankly. Absolutely. Uh, Alan, uh, are all the nations controlled this way, as you say, even down to, say, the the... the uh, maybe even Africa, or is it only the civilized uh, uh, commercial-type countries? It's primarily the, what they call civilized, meaning a system run on money and debt. Um, uh, that's what they really mean by that. That system they can buy easily, they can buy it off. Yeah, what they wrote, uh, what's interesting is to look at their other experts that belonged to the Royal Institute in previous times and uh, you, you can find uh, John Stuart Mills who was the, the great um, economist for the British Empire and the East India Company and a few other big ones he wrote copiously on this plan and uh, so did his son so for from the 1700s into the 1800s they wrote about the, the, the peoples they would save to be used later um, in the, in the world to come and they had a list of those who must be eradicated and those who would be eradicated they said would be primarily the blacks of Africa and the American red man and the reason to eliminate them was and this is high Freemasonry remember um, this is the doctrine of it that, that nothing can be brought into the new age that, that isn't fit to come in anything that's, that's that is unable to adapt to the new system must be destroyed. That's a, that's a basic tenet to their philosophy. Uh, so um, the red man was to, was to be killed off by getting put on uh, reservations in the worst areas, uh, whether it be poor hunting, possibly swampland. The Malthusian doctrine, actually, Thomas Malthus was another uh, economist for the, for the same pro program prior to John Stuart Mill's, and uh, they wanted to put the poor people on swamplands, uh, bad areas where they would die of disease and so on. And they also discussed different ways to speed up the, the, the disease-type process to kill them off even quicker. So we're dealing with people with absolutely no compassion whatsoever. And uh, they don't believe, believe in, in carrying along useless eaters into the next stage of what they call is civilization. They must be killed off. Uh, there was a book put out called The Next Million Years. Uh, I, I'd advise anyone to get a copy of it. Uh, it's called The Next Million Years, and that's quite the boast, by um, Charles Galton Darwin, the grandson of Charles Darwin. And this was written, written around 1954-56. And in, he was a high physicist in, in England. And... He, he carried on the family tradition of evolution, etc., which is just masonry, by the way. Um, 
and he said um, in, in, the, in the next million years that uh, uh, they'd have to eradicate all the useless eaters and all the lesser commoners who will no longer be necessary for labor in a scientifically run society, a post-industrial society, and therefore they'd have to find ways to kill them or sterilize them. Um, if you notice, the World Health Organization is giving the sperm count in the Western male every year amongst the, the, the statistics. And last year, the average male in the West has 75 less active sperm than the man of 1950. And, of course, this was to be done through inoculations, which would have nothing to do with what they claimed inoculation was for. Do you think that uh, AIDS was uh, invented by this uh, organization? Oh, I've no, I've no deal, I've no doubt about that. No doubt whatsoever. It, it came right when they wanted it. It's, it's bioengineered. It's weaponized. And, the, and of course, I think everyone who probably is beyond the internet has found the documentation on, on, on the, 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 uh, the request for the money to set up uh, a, a, a department to create this particular disease that went through the, uh, the U.S. Congress back in the early 70s. Uh -huh. Is the bird flu part of this uh, creation pattern as well? As, as far as I know, the, the bird flu has six polyenzymes, which can only be done through biological tampering. It doesn't occur in nature. So it has to be weaponized, yeah. And, of course, Charles Galton Darwin was through that scenario, too, uh, where he talks about bringing on new forms of plagues that have to create in laboratories to, to kill off the excess population. They always write about it in their books before they do it. You, you mentioned uh, evolution there just a few seconds ago. Do you believe that uh, evolution is a fact or a theory? I, I personally don't see anything evolving, and I don't, I don't see any, any people walking out of the jungle uh, who were an eight, a generation ago or anything like that. Uh, I, I've come to the conclusion that, that evolution to them is, is, is a man-made leap forward. The great leap forward, as they say in high Freemasonry, um, is the evolutionary stage, but it's brought about by science. Mm. Uh, do you uh, subscribe to the idea of the existence of uh, UFOs? Oh, I know they exist. I've seen them. Um, I've seen them since I was young because I used to study astronomy. And I'd watch these strange stars that could do all these odd, uh, odd tricks and right angle turns and, and, and speed off at phenomenal rates, etc. I'd see them at night. So I know that we have unidentified flying objects, although I've only seen them in our atmosphere. So um, I don't go along necessarily with the spin that they come from out there somewhere. Oh, really? Where do you think they come from? Well, we, since we see them here, we, we could also see that they come from here. In the 1970s, the BBC came over to, 19, to, to the Area 51 in the U.S. And they went up on the mountains and they photographed these flying saucers coming out of underground hangars there. Which would lead me to think they were making them there. And since we know these things... Um, um, and since I do know, and I've come to know by talking to very high Freemasons about the three levels of science, uh, they never allow the public to, to, to know the truth about advanced technology. 
to always give a spin on something or cover it up or see it's from out there somewhere, you know, that they're actually making them here. And what would the purpose be to to, uh, to trick us or what? Well, or to abduct us? I, I, I think primarily it, it, it's, it's probably for... Uh, they all, we'll always use it for a weapon, number one, ultimately. And it could also be a form of transport that they hope eventually to take elsewhere in, in outer space. Although even when they do that, they'd still show us the rockets going off with the multi-billion dollar expeditions and so on. You know, they, they run all realities together at the same time. Have you ever heard of the Lucius Publishing Company? Oh, yes. Uh-huh. What are they up to? Uh, the Lucid, the, the, it used to be called the Lucifer Publishing Company, and that was from um, Madame Blavatsky that was sent uh, to bring in a new form of, of uh, uh, or a, a sect of Freemasonry. She actually was chartered by the, the, the Grand Lodge of England to do so. She had her own Masonic charter. And her part of the plan was to merge Hinduism with Christianity for, for the changes that would come on in the 20th century when they'd open the gates from India and allow them into Britain and Europe. So that's how far ahead they plan things. Uh, so it would alter the opinions in society by merging the two cultures together. Um, she brought out a magazine called the Lucifer magazine, uh, which was eventually changed to the Lucis magazine, then the Lucifer Trust, or Lucis Trust. And that's still down in New York. They're attached to the United Nations building. Um, it is a Masonic organization. And she also said that after Pike, whom she met, by the way, she was seen in Washington with uh, Pike. Um, and she was the mistress at one point of one of them. Um, she said that our ultimate goal is to merge science with spirit. And I, by the things that they can do scientifically today, I wouldn't be surprised if they've actually done it on, a, on the higher levels. Yeah. What type of uh, science advances do you think we'll see rolled out in the next few years? Uh, I, I wouldn't doubt they already do have it. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if you ever read uh, the books of Francis Bacon, who also was a Rosicrucian, a, a Freemasonic branch. Uh, in the 1500s, um, he wrote a book called The New Atlantis and that used to be a standard book in all universities so it's not a recent uh, pretense book claiming it was written in the past it actually was written and published in 1602 and in The New Atlantis in the rather boring story that it takes you through about a place in the west meaning America which would be um, a new creation for the the world uh, would have a function to bring a system worldwide he said the people will think that they live in a form of democracy on the surface but in reality there will be a secret group of scientists running their, all the affairs of man and at the end of the book now remember this was written when the greatest light they had at night was a candle and they had the horse and cart and they had uh, ships with sails he then goes into the scientific laboratories that would be contained underground. And we know that all bases today, the big ones, are underground and probably always have been. 
he, he gets to see the laboratories and he says there is the whole laboratory area complex is, is powered by something which gives off the heat and light of the sun. That's like nuclear energy. He then gets into a room, he said, where we create all kinds of life. Biologically, he says we can create all kinds of life, whether, whether animal or vegetable. And he says because of the process, we know the end product before we begin. In other words, it was not experimentation, it was standard. And so they could create any type, any type of life or, uh, for any type of function. He even had an area, he said, where, where, they, where they created special mosquitoes which would carry disease in times of warfare. He said there's also an area where a machine exists which can control the weather, cause earthquakes, uh, tornadoes, hurricanes, floods, uh, and, and uh, that's what we would call harp today. Yeah. Alan, have you ever heard of the author Alice Bailey, and uh, maybe she wrote the book called The Externalization of the Hierarchy? That's right, The Coming Masters and all this, yeah. Mm-hmm. What is that all about? It's the, the hidden masters, those who, are, those who are behind all this, whose names have never been known to the public. Uh, we know that the Rockefellers, the big players, are still visible to the public, and we at least know their names. These ones higher than those, the claiming Superman type, um, will, will be presented to the public as, as gods, Maitreya types. And uh, uh, they will direct the world the way they claim it should be perfectly directed, these coming masters. There's another little Masonic coding in there because um, um, uh, there was Annie Besant and then Alice Bailey that took over from Blavatsky. Uh, Helena Blavatsky was a bee, the worker bee. Um, Alice Bailey is an AB, like Abraham, altered being. That's what it means in, in masonry. And uh, then you had the other one, uh, Alice, you know, so AB again. So, the sand. Uh, so that's no coincidence, that's Masonic coding. Uh, Annie Besant, her father was a British lord, so these were nobility once again running the show and changing society um, in an occult manner, but never telling them the actual truth as to the purpose. Yeah. Alan, uh, do you believe that uh, denominational churches are Satanistic in origin and those who attend them, uh, are they doomed? I'd say so. I mean, if I, look, I looked very early on at the churches <clears throat> and wondered why they had them all built in the same fashion. I wondered why they had this long steeple. Well, the steeple is the ancient obelisk, but the phallus, the phallic symbol. And behind that, you have the box, which symbolizes the womb, the male and female. And when you go inside uh, and you look at the altar, that's where everything is altered, you see. And uh, that's where generation takes place, the power of, of thought or prayer, which they claim can be directed and almost stored like a battery, you might say, and released when they need to. So you look at it, ancient symbolism, and of course the Catholic Church, which means universal, was called universal because it took off the existing religions and mystery religions of its era and, and, and incorporated all of the symbols of them in their architecture and in their rituals, in fact. And that's why we see the Nimrod 
uh, uh, outfit, which was Oani's in, in, in India, uh, India, the fishman uh, hat at the top, you know. We see the same symbols of, of uh, the sun on, on some of the Pope's vestments. They have the symbol of the sun on it. Um, you have the, the, the black Templar-type cross. The initial cross for the Templars was black before it was turned to red. Uh, you have all of these ancient symbols, the sun god symbols, and you see the crook which they use um, for this being the good shepherd. Now, the pharaohs, if you notice, have their arms crossed on their tombs, and, and you, in each hand they have a crook, a small crook, and the other one, it's the rod, the rod and the staff, you see. And the crook was to, to pull society, to edge them and, and cajole them into a direction, and the staff was to beat them if they didn't go. That, that's what the symbols really meant. So it's the same symbols down through the ages, um, being used by the same techniques related to religion to control the masses. Uh, the pharaohs were called good shepherds. Uh, we know that every other religion called their flocks good shepherds. The Protestant ones have pastors. A pastor put sheep in the pasture. You see, that's what it means. And the dumbest, most domesticated animal of all on the planet is the sheep. That's what it means. A sheep has no purpose except to be fleeced and eaten. But the shepherd, the good shepherd, talks to his sheep. He never kills one in front of the other, so they'd run off in terror. So, so they're unaware that this nice man is actually their, their destroyer as well. And that's the symbol of the, the sheep. What a terrible analogy to use for people. Yeah. Alan, let me ask you, uh, somebody evidently either went to your website, which we can talk about in a minute, or they read your books or something, but they say, do you make the claim that uh, the Frankfurt School's Theodore Adorno either wrote or owned the Beatles songs? Yes, uh-huh. Is there something significant about somebody else uh, owning those songs? Yes, uh-huh. Yes, Theodore uh, Adorno was, uh, has, had an amazing mind. This man was a professor of, of different subjects. Uh, music being one of them, and classical music too. He was also a Talmudic scholar, deep Talmudic thinker, um, understood human nature and psychology to a perfect degree, and he knew that the science of music and how it could influence the mind, uh, plus the power of words when, when, when put to the perfect types of, of melody, etc. Um, and he did... Uh, uh, he actually worked for the, for the London Philharmonic Orchestra at one time and was a great friend of the Queen. Um, and he had the rights of the Beatles songs until he died. And when he died, the songs went up for grabs. Uh, and uh, Paul McCartney put his bids in, but he was outbid by Michael Jackson, who, who now owns the rights to them. Mm. Do, I, do I need to get rid of my Beatles songs, or what are you saying there? Oh, I wouldn't say that at all. Um, but if you listen to them with an esoteric ear, you'll understand that young minds did not write these songs. And you'll understand the deeper meanings within. They're, they're pretty phenomenal when you go into the deeper meanings. Well, did, uh, did uh, Theodore Adorno, did he invent the idea of backmasking? No, they already had the, the backmasking. They, they tried it out from the very beginnings with Edison's old, old records. And uh, Martin, Steve Martin, who did the Beatles stuff, 
that was his speciality, that whole type of, of uh, bike masking and so on. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right, well, okay, that's good because you, you say I don't have to get rid of my collection just yet. <laughs> oh, oh, no, no, because, I mean, if you understand the real meanings behind the words, you, you can really understand what they're saying, yeah. Okay, well, sp- well speaking of music, you have uh, an album, say, like Led Zeppelin's Houses of the Holy, uh, is that a, a, what would may be termed as a demonic um, uh, album of some sort? Yes, I mean Led Zeppelin. See, this is the thing. If I used to be in the music uh, business too, I also had a profession, but I survived that and, and got into music. And I was lucky enough that I could go between solo and, and, and uh, classical music, and, and also be a session musician as well, and form groups and write musicals for rock musicals I did that too but so I met a lot of these guys and I've been to to Jimmy Page's house who he bought uh, Alistair Crowley uh, his old house up at Inverness and had a party there and I I went there with uh, the designer of Led Led Zeppelin um, jackets Barry Colby and we went there and I saw an eyes white shot times scene uh, happening there. Uh, Alistair Crowley was the founder, by permission and tutelage of the British monarchy, uh, to have to, to begin the OTO, the Ordo Templi Orientis, and that's the Masonic group which most musicians are encouraged to join, and actors and so on. And that's a high mystical cult that uses a lot of sex for the generative force that they've claim to then direct across the world or to whatever function they want it to, to work on. Yeah, on. On that particular album is uh, a symbol. Uh, it looks like three esoteric sixes. Uh, that symbol is also in the uh, opening uh, jacket of the, uh, the uh, New King James Bible. Have you seen that symbol and what does that mean? It's the key to, to who the, the deity you're worshipping is. If you understand, and I, I put it in one of my books, a free for sale, cutting through. And these, by the way, I make these books myself because I couldn't get any publishers to publish them because they're all Freemasons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, I show you the, the, the Kabbalistic. See, the English language was created to contain all of the codes of Masonry. And uh, Francis Bacon wrote about that in the 1500s when he said, we are now creating the new internationalized, uh, international language of the future, which we shall call English. And I, I write the numbers down from 1 to 9 and show you the, the letters beneath them. And 666 comes out as F-O-X, Fox. Uh, but it also comes out um, uh, holy, holy, holy. So holy, holy, holy is 666. In Revelations, you find out who your real deity is because as the cherubim go around, they say your name is holy, holy, holy. Yeah, and so are you suggesting that when they're saying holy, 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 they're, they're talking about uh, the dark side? That's right. That's the, everyone's worshipping this thing as the good old Jehovah guy, and now you know Jehovah's other name. <laughs> do, you, do you believe in the existence of God, Alan? Uh, nothing that man's been given. Nothing that man's been given, no. Okay, well, in, in the form of whatever that being is, where does uh, 
it, for lack of a better word, reside? I think it, 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 through a seeking, a connection is made to something beyond all of this. It's beyond all of the man-made control things. It definitely exists because when you're on a, a search, a true heart-rending search for truth, uh, you connect with something beyond all of this. Uh, which clears your mind, it brings information uh, almost in bursts um, until your mind suddenly understands so much so quickly you feel alive for the first time maybe in your whole life and uh, and then it will cut itself off again while you digest that material but you change with it and you know it's not coming from any evil source uh, and it's giving you insight into the system and the evil which does prevail in this world, yes. Do, do you believe that, uh, uh, well, I guess I'm going to rephrase that. Uh, where do you believe the substance for the known universe came from? Uh, that could take uh, a lot of talk, that one, because there are so many theories on it. Um, uh, but personally, I, I think just trying to figure out the miracles of life itself and all kinds of life could keep, keep you occupied forever. That, note, that in itself, you, you could never get to the bottom of, except even Darwin himself had to admit when he looked at the vast complexity and perfection of the eye of an insect, he said, I don't care if you threw all the dictionaries into one room, they couldn't come out as perfect as this. Yeah, and he also he also said in his book The Origin of Species, Darwin also said that there are no ev there is no evidence of of the fossils be between the changes of the species. He said the ground should literally be covered with them. In other words, you put a shovel on the ground, you should hit some kind of transitory transitional species, and there isn't none there. Mm -hmm. There's none. No, there's none. And that's, of course, and, and trying always under the guise of science, which is fudged all the time, uh, they try and convince us with the latest find, and, and they find a tooth, and out of that tooth they give you a drawing of a guy who's six feet four and has, it looks like an eight, and, and, and probably had sex three times a week and so on. Uh, I mean, utter nonsense, you see, to try and validate the, the, this religion that they have because it's a religion of evolution. And that is, the, that is the high Masonic religion, evolution. It's Hinduism at its most basic, actually. Uh, are you familiar with the Masonic plaque at the base of the Statue of Liberty? I haven't uh, really seen it, no, no. But I do know that, uh, of course, it was who brought it over and so on, and it's really the sun god, the ancient sun god. You'll find the same one, and I've got the, the, the picture in my book, um, when the ancient nobility had the island of Rhodes um, in, the, in the east, that was their center for commerce and power, and they built the, the, the titan statue of the sun god with the same spikes coming out of his head. He also had a torch uh, and so on. So they, they used the same symbols down through the ages. Does that symbol of the Statue of Liberty and, and symbology... Um as you might term it, is, does it cast any sort of spell over the country? It does. It, number one, as you come in, is telling you this is an occultly run society. And it's the same ancient occultly run, run society 
for thousands of years as the same symbols. The same descendants who ran the ancient world through power, money, wealth, and so on run this country too. So that so you would say there's no coincidence the fact that the Pentagon, the strength of the United States, is in the form of a pentagram. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. I mean, your whole country has, it was the, the first more openly occultic country uh, for, for hundreds of years. I mean, Britain used the, the, the you know they used the lions and so on these types of things, but the U.S. used the, the originals. They came out with the obelisk for, for Washington. A brand new one, by the way, uh, because he was, that was his apotheosis to godhood. That's what that meant. He was raised to godhood as, a, as the highest mason. Mm-hmm. What about uh, Canada? What's, what's your guys' uh, claim to fame for occultism? Oh, we have it um, in more subtle ways because Canada was, was modeled after being part of the British Empire. Um, although they had the Parliament building a little similar to, to the Parliament building in England where you'll see the little uh, little pyramids on top of the roofs, right across it. You'll see the vagina-shaped opening of the doors, meaning it's also a temple and a church. It's a Masonic temple. And you'll see the obelisk, which uh, is the time clock built onto the box. That's, the, that's your obelisk. That's your big bin of, of Parliament. And it has the time clock on it because that is their agenda they are the masters of time. They, they write the histories in advance. So it's 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 all there. Yeah, last week we uh, we had a very controversial guest on, and uh, the actual topic was uh, one way or another was homosexuality. Do you believe that, that uh, gay marriage or homosexuality in general is part of any sort of globalist elite agenda to get that in? Is that a necessary part of their of this puzzle? Yes, uh, the history of of, of this. Um, this part of the agenda started back in the 60s with, with the lesbian movement, who I used to scratch my head wondering why lesbians were in the streets championing women's right for abortion. You know? Why would the lesbians be doing this until you find the associations that, that controlled the lesbian associations? And again, that went to the high eastern star section for them, the women's group of Freemasonry. And so they were used, and then the, the, the lesbian groups were the ones who had to champion the male homosexual movement to come out into the open. And, and so I saw a plan in progress then, and I knew it was not for the benefit of the lesbians or the homosexuals. What is to be is, is when they bring in the marriage, etc., of homosexuals and lesbians, uh, is to bring what was a static system into flux. So nothing is normal. You, for something to be normal, it has to exist for a little while. And when you change it, you have something to compare it to. But once they get you into flux and culture goes into flux, then, then there's nothing to compare normality to. And when that's happening, they'll bring the new types of humans out, which will be genetically altered humans. That's the purpose of it. They don't care a darn about the homosexuals or the lesbians. Alan, why don't you go ahead and uh, talk about a little bit about your website? We want to make sure you talk and get that in. Yes, well, I've got, a, I've got a webmaster called Jason in the States who put that up for me, and um, it's called Cutting Through the Matrix. I was just going to call it Cutting Through, but uh, but uh, I added the matrix to it because we are in a matrix system, 
and um, we're adding to it slowly. There are some some things you can listen to at other shows. You can listen to it on it. Uh, there's one I did last week, and I'll be doing again tomorrow night from Vancouver. It's called Eye on the Future. So people will be able to come in and, and hear live, and, and the, the coordinates for that are on uh, the Cutting Through the Matrix website. Um, I, it takes emails, and, and they are relayed to me every day so I can get back to people. And uh, we are starting to get people from different parts of the world really coming in now. And uh, it's opening a lot of eyes. Uh, I also have, I will be bringing up the series of the beginnings of religions that I did on the shortwave radio on Sweet Liberty and on the internet radio with Sweet Liberty. Uh, I'll be making them available once I've transferred them from, from tape. And this is almost a university uh, education I gave since 98 on all these histories of the, of the exoteric religions and the esoterics going back for thousands of years. Uh, they should be made available soon, so if you keep watching the website, uh, it'll be up there, and, you can, and you can, then you'll be able to find these tapes. Mm-hmm. That's cuttingthroughthematrix.com, isn't it? Yeah, we have a link to that right there on the Edge Radio uh, website there for your uh, right underneath your bio there. Uh, when, as, as you produce this information, and let's just say you had some uh, some people who are um, who have been sort of in in their religions for their whole life, do you feel like you're sort of like Neo or, or Morpheus and showing them the world outside of the of the matrix when 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 you do that uh, how how do you how do you transition somebody who's in that uh, over to see it's a matter of uh, and I've given probably I've given thousands of hours of, of personal talks to people over the years uh, and first I found out where their particular headspace is uh, and you have, you have to get into to them to find where their blocks are etc and if you can even remove those blocks, because some, you, you can't take the floor from people without putting something else for, in for them to stand on. Uh, some people, that's the only basis they've had for holding on to is their religion. And so I try not to, to, to hurt them at all. Other ones are seriously questioning it already, and so I can go further with them and, and start to explain the esoteric side of the same, um, same Bibles they've been reading all their lives. And I can explain it to them in such a way that they can't deny it. It makes perfect sense for the first time in their lives. Uh, you mentioned, I asked you earlier, uh, if you believe in the idea of God, and you, you mentioned uh, sort of a, whatever your view is. I'm not really not clear on that, but, uh, but whatever that is, would, would you say that that creative force or that being or whatever is interested in getting people out of the matrix and into the reality and if he is it he them they if they are do they help are they helping you do you feel like you're being used by them or given information by them to help people or are they totally uninterested and they're just watching things work no i i think when we're dead serious about uh, you might say the meaning of life and we, we've done that, the real uh, heart searching uh, and soul searching uh, for this, uh, then that's when this connection is made. And yes, I think they're serious. Um, this is the world, this is earth, where, where, where spirit and matter meet. And this is where the war goes on.
between spirit and matter in so many different levels. Um, and of course, all the high masons are taught the same stuff. However, I go beyond that because I, I think you, you can, on the one hand, for the first time, get meaning for it all within your own life. But once you have that, that meaning, you have no option then but to share it with others. It's not something that you can decide upon. Uh, you have to start using it because we are in a war. We are in a complete war for the extermination, not only of life on a mass scale, but also for the elimination of conscious, sentient beings. Because in the type of creature they're going to create, and when they get the brain implant in, and they've discussed that at the Loyola meeting, the international science meeting held at Loyola University four or five years ago. Uh, the top geneticists and, and microchip experts were there. Uh, Newt Gingrich kicked off the meeting. The U.S. taxpayer funded it through the Department of Commerce. They said these chips are ready. Uh, they have regional computers set up to control uh, those chips so that everyone in that area would be reprogrammed uh, to do different tasks. And, and the guy from, the scientist from uh, uh, Japan said, when this is installed in the brain, there will be no more ability for the person to even perceive themselves as an individual. He said, think of it more like the hive mentality, where you'll hear the whispers of other people's thoughts going through your mind, um, and I, I, I thought at the time, I thought, my God, this is the Borg from Star Trek. This is what they're talking about. But that is one of the, of the principles of high occult masonry, is, is to join everything into what they used to call the universal mind. They'll, they will all be one. That's what they mean by that. Okay, and why, why you mentioned war, why is this war still going on? And it seems like it would have either been won or lost by now somewhere in the eons of time. Why is it still going on? I, I think, I, I think that, 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 that we haven't reached the point of, of being truly, truly human as we could be human. I, I, I think, uh, uh, even though we think in, in thousands and millions of generations uh, and living such short lives, we think that's a long time, but it really is the blink of an eye to something else which does not, uh, which it doesn't live or, or die, you know. It's a blink of an eye. So I'm never impatient with this. Uh, this has been so many thousands of years in the making and in the planning uh, that it takes a while to start a little snowball into a bigger snowball before you can start to upset their plan. So time, in a sense, and a long time, is, is necessary for those who wake up because there are always so few within every generation who are awake. And that's the real meaning of, of the statement in the New Testament where they must give you the rules, you see, that there are legalistic rules that uh, those who are not awake are the dead. The dead go through life and change nothing either way. And when they're gone, no one remembers them. They are called the dead. And let the dead bury their dead. The job I think those who wake up have is to find others who are awakening into life and then teach them how to use it. Because we can't allow this evil to get its way. They want to crush the human spirit totally. Eliminate it from the body. 
so you know, let me let me ask you just here, kind of in closing, the the internet had to be part of the man's or the elite or the the Illuminati it had to be part of their overall plan. Do you, do you feel like conversations like this and, and particularly shows like this, getting and your website, getting the information out, doesn't that really make the internet backfire on their plans? In a sense, they know that though, but they, they, I have to tell you too that they've, they've always given out on radio and on the internet the biggest superstars, the pipe pipers who come out with the, the most news, most information, most fascinating stuff, and, and the people follow, they give us pipe pipers. That's what they've always done. But there's always some of us who are not the pipe pipers, not in their employ. Uh, we have a harder time getting out there, of course, because we can't get the funding that they can. Um, but, yeah, for the moment, they can't stop the occasional little one, although they really, really try. They really do try. Yeah, so at the moment, it's, it's a tool which can be used with a discerning mind, absolutely. Because, like I said earlier, your 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 uh, vocals have been have been dropping out during the show, and tomorrow we'll have to uh, get with the program director. We'll probably have to edit some some parts of it. But uh, you know, we we had calls all the way from Australia that didn't have that dropout, and so it really kind of le- leads credence to the fact that you're saying that somebody may be listening, whether it's a computer program or actually people with headphones on in another area, trying to uh, d- disrupt or. Uh, I guess disrupt your message there. Uh, uh, but in lieu of that, uh, maybe there's another way we can do it. Maybe next time uh, we can have you on the program, maybe call in on a cell phone. You think they have they ever interfered with that? Mm-hmm. I've never tried it. I've never tried it, so I don't know. But uh, I do know this, this. This is common on the on the shortwave programs. In fact, last Wednesday night I do the shortwave programs on Wednesdays. Uh, as soon as I was to answer my first question, the line dropped altogether. They just cut me off. So, and other times I'll get noises like um, a typewriter coming through, <laughs> and, uh, which, which can last two minutes. And I, I've been so used to it, I tell the other people, I shout, and I say, just hang on for two minutes, and it passes, and then we talk again until it starts again. Hmm. Well, that that just makes me want to have you back on the program again, Alan, because if the man is, is upset with your message, you're just the kind of person we need to have back on. That'd be a pleasure to be, be back on, yeah. Okay, is there anything you'd like to say in the final minute here? Yes, I, I, the thing is, that this war, as I say, is ongoing. It's not over. Um, it's imperative that those who have minds who are awakening um, be careful who, you, who you're going to follow because you, you, you don't want to follow the big superstar Pied Pipers they give you who take you on endless journeys into nowhere. Um, you have to use your own ability to think and reason, but you, you don't give up because uh, this is the battle for sentience, for the ability to be an individual as opposed to the collective. That, that's really what the battle is all about. They want to eliminate individuality and sentient awareness. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, Alan, uh, Alan, I appreciate you coming on the Edge Radio broadcast, and uh, we'll get with the program director and try to get you back on. How about that? And I, that's, that, thank you very much. Okay. Thank you, and good evening. You too. Bye. All right, everybody, that was uh, Alan Watt. We were discussing the global elite conspiracy, and many of you may have uh, experienced a dropout on his end there. Uh, his audio was, uh, we couldn't do anything with it here because it just seemed to be fading in and out. Uh, and he called from Ontario, Canada. But we're going to have him back in, and it's just our way of sticking it to the man. You know, and it's interesting he said, uh, talking about the Pied Piper, 
I'm just wondering if the other superstars of the nighttime broadcasting, uh, uh, so to speak, uh, uh, well, should I name names? No. But I'm just wondering if the if the major nighttime shows are controlled by the man. You know that the edge is not. And you need to listen every Saturday night, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Of course, all the audio archives are posted on our website for free. And we went over a lot of different features that you can, can be done on the edge's website. Don't forget, if you've got the, a topic, you know, we... We uh, Many of you have taken advantage of uh, suggesting guests, and we go through those, and we have many of those guests. Uh, but you can also suggest a topic. It just just dawned on me. We never, we never mentioned that to you. Maybe you don't know who to talk to or, or what guests to suggest, but you have a topic. You would like to hear something discussed here on The Edge. Just go to the edgeam.com website and click on the listener section, and it'll come right here to the studio. My name is Daniel Lyon. We'll be right back to wrap things up. The Edge is interactive. Go to theedgeam.com. Click on the Fast Blast link and send your email to Daniel today. You're listening to The Edge. As we're discovering the truth together. Reasonable people finally just have to come out of their shells and say, look, there's other stuff going on. Naturally, the public is going to start asking questions. Why have we been taught these things so wrongly in all the schools? We are going to be talking about Class 1 data. Class 1 data is physical evidence that people can look at for themselves. They can touch it. It's in a museum. Just got to get this back to the people. You know, who knows when and if the government's ever going to come forward. fade from every wound. Bedsitter people look back and lament another day's useless energy spent. Impassioned lovers wrestle as one. Lonely man cries for love and has none. New mother picks up on something Senior citizens wish they were young. Cold-hearted orb rules the night. Removes the colors from our sight. Red is gray and yellow white. But we decide which is right. And which is an illusion. And this is Daniel Lott. Which is an illusion? Are we living an illusion, my friends? Are we, in fact, in the matrix? Don't forget to go to CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. That's Alan Watts' website, and he was a tremendous guest, and I'm uh, so sorry that uh, some of the audio dropped out, and we'll try to correct some of that uh, as we go through it uh, tomorrow. But uh, we're going to have him back on, and uh, you just uh, look at the uh, upcoming guests and see when he's on it. Also look at the link at the bottom of the page. My name is Daniel Lott. We'll be back next week at this same exciting time with another great guest. So we'll see you next week, my friends. Bye-bye.
been listening to The Edge with Daniel Lott. To subscribe to The Edge newsletter, log on to theedgeam.com. That's theedgeam.com, where you can find out more about the guests and topics discussed on the air. The Edge is being brought to you by Internet Solutions, home of affordable website design and low-cost Internet access. Visit Internet Solutions at es4.com. That's es4.com. Until next week for the Edge Radio Broadcast, I'm Chris Moore. See you on the Edge. News on the USA Radio.